right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome into the inaugural episode of Friends from Football, a weekly NFL show in the Friends from Work network, hosted by yours truly, Kyle Sconewell, and an assortment of co-hosts that I'm excited to share with y'all. Wherever you are listening right now and however you are accessing this podcast, thank you so much for giving us a chance and making this show a part of your day. I am so grateful to have you here. And oh my gosh, I am grateful to finally have the 2023 NFL season right on our doorstep. Let's go. Getting started in just a matter of days. I am so excited. If you are a listener to one of our other podcasts in the network, whether that's Friends from Work or Screensaver, you will know that I am passionate about a handful of things. Well, one of those things, NFL football, quarterbacking, and the Minnesota Vikings. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast. If you are a listener of those other podcasts and you're just finding this one, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, and most importantly, share it with your friends. Let's grow this thing and have some fun NFL conversations along the way. So today's episode is going to be a little bit unique. Today, I will be previewing the 2023 Minnesota Vikings season, and there will be very little talk about any other team. That is not how I see this show running in the future, but there are a few things I had to get off my chest regarding the Minnesota Vikings. I actually did this last year to nobody. I just did it on my own SoundCloud for fun. And at the time, I sounded totally crazy when I predicted that the Vikings could win 12 or 13 games last year. And Nobody thought that could happen, and then they ended up going 13-4, and and so I felt kind of vindicated with those takes on that episode. I also placed 10 to 12 season-long over-under wagers last year in the NFL, and I have had a lot of rough years gambling, but last year I went 11-1 and in my season-long predictions. So I'm feeling like because a lot of that stuff was brought up in that episode, I want to do a sports show again and just see if we can make something happen this year, y'all. I have a burning passion for the Minnesota Vikings, for Kirk's career, the NFL, and quarterbacking. And so here is why I feel like this episode needs to happen. I think that there is a massive disconnect between the national media, specifically ESPN, storyline, and what is actually going on with the Minnesota Vikings. And I think if you're a gambler, you can make some money on this, on the over-under, because I just think there is a huge disconnect there. Let me explain. Not every host and analyst has time to get into the weeds of every specific team. And so often, someone who's breaking down all the games on a Monday morning only got a chance to watch a few of the things on Red Zone. So they didn't even get to see the whole game. They just saw a few highlights. And I get that. It's impossible. It's impossible to have an episode out on a Monday and watch all the games the prior day. You just don't have enough time to do it. So I get it. But I think to the national media... All they are saying is like, yeah, the Vikings offense was good last year and they anticipated being good this year, but the defense was atrocious last year and they haven't improved it. Why haven't they improved it? Because they've let all these huge names go. They're rebuilding. These are the kind of videos you'll see and articles you'll read from these national media outlets. And I get that. Eric Kendricks is gone. Adam Thielen is gone. Zadarius Smith is gone. Dalvin Tomlinson is gone. Dalvin Cook is gone. All of these people are massive names, and all of these players were massive contributors to the Vikings over the last few years. They are literally legends of the Minnesota Vikings. 
But what people are not catching and realizing, those were all the right moves. And while I love a lot of those guys as players and as people, and they've meant so much to the organization, almost every single one of those people, it was time to move on. Whether it was because their contract was just too expensive and it wasn't matching to their performance or just straight, they're getting older and they aren't the same player. That is where the biggest disconnect is coming from. All of the national media is so hyped about who's going to land Dalvin Cook, who's going to land Dalvin Cook. On the day that I'm recording this, Dalvin Cook just signed with the New York Jets, and I wish nothing but the best for Dalvin Cook. He is a great human and a legend of a player, but let's not kid ourselves. 2022 Dalvin Cook was not 2018 or 19 Dalvin Cook. In 2018 and 19, Dalvin Cook made so much out of so little, he always made the first guy miss. I remember talking to people about how nobody could bring him down on the first attempt. No one. Well, guys, that was not the same the last few years. Not even close. The Minnesota Vikings were 28th in rushing DVOA. They had the third most runs for zero or negative yards. They were near the bottom in yards over expected rushing. And all the while that was happening, Dalvin had the third largest running back cap hit. It's not complicated. The Vikings were better when Dalvin Cook wasn't playing. In November of last season, or maybe December, you can check my Twitter, I felt so strongly about this that I even tweeted, do the coaches have the cojones to play the best running back on the team? Because it's not Dalvin Cook anymore. So the national media sees a move like letting Dalvin Cook go as, oh, wow, the Vikings are rebuilding. They're going to stink. Wow, the offense needs Dalvin Cook. And I'm viewing it as, no, our offense is better with Alexander Madison. It's better. Whether it's just because Alex is actually a better player at this stage of his career, or if it forces the coaches to call the game differently and actually utilize Justin Jefferson and Kirk and the better players on our team, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, et cetera, our team is better when we're not trying to hand the ball to Dalvin 30 times a game. I hope that Dalvin heals up. I'm not making a statement about his career, but for the Vikings, they're better. Look, I hope he has a great season with the Jets. He claims that he had a shoulder injury, and that's why he ran so gingerly. I believe that. I hope that he fixed his shoulder and now doesn't run as gingerly, but 2018-19 Dalvin was not 2022 Dalvin, and I don't think it's safe to assume that he's going to just all of a sudden snap back into that. The same goes for guys like Eric Kendricks and Adam Thielen. Like Adam Thielen is one of Kirk's best friends. I love him as a human. He was not the same player last year. Eric Kendricks went from being one of the best linebackers in the NFL to a serious liability. So in some ways, I think our team is actually improving, not rebuilding, by swapping out a first-round receiver from USC, Jordan Addison, and Adam Thielen, and trying new, younger, faster linebackers instead of Eric Kendricks. Again, not diminishing what they did for the Minnesota Vikings in the past. So fundamentally, I think that's where the biggest disconnect comes from. People assume our defense is still going to stink because we're letting these guys go, and people assume that our offense is going to take a small step back because Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook aren't there. But they're just wrong. They're wrong about that. Look, the Minnesota Vikings last year famously went 11-0 and in one-score games. They had eight fourth-quarter comebacks. That was an NFL record for Kirk. A lot of that stuff isn't sustainable. I agree with that. But they did all of that 
with the 31st overall ranked defense. The defense was 30th in points per game and 31st in yards per game. The offense was 8th in points per game and 6th in yards per game. So quite literally, the defense almost couldn't be worse. And that's the second major point that I think people are missing. The addition of Brian Flores as defensive coordinator is the other reason why I think the Minnesota Vikings will have a better defense in 2023 than they did last year. I'm a firm believer that on offense, you need players, you need studs, you need stars, you need some guys, you need Justin Jefferson, you need TJ Hawkinson, you need Kirk Cousins, you need those guys. But on defense, I think it's more scheme-based. You want a good scheme with youth and speed and guys who fly around and an attitude more than necessarily massive names. Obviously, if you have massive names, it helps. But from what I've been hearing about Brian Flores, this defense couldn't literally be any more night and day from last year. I was at the playoff game last year against the Giants. It was one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen, giving up nearly 500 yards to a team that had struggled on offense, to Daniel Jones at home. And more importantly than that, it wasn't even just the players. It was one of the worst schematic defensive game plans I've ever seen in my life. It was so casual. I mean, historically casual. Go watch how far off they played receivers, how they never blitzed, how they didn't change up any looks. They never disguised anything. It was one of the most frustrating things to witness in person. And that was the scheme the whole year. Hard to even fault some of the players when they were literally put out of position for so much of the year. Which, by the way, is a little bit of a props to why maybe guys like Eric Kendricks could be better this year with the Chargers than he was with the Vikings. But cue Brian Flores. The Minnesota Vikings hired literally the most polar opposite defensive coordinator in the world. Brian Flores is one of the most aggressive blitzers, man coverage guys. He's going to mix up looks on every single play. And yeah, is that going to lead to sometimes getting beat deep? Yeah, it's going to lead to some explosive missed coverages. But I also think it's going to lead to more sacks, more turnovers, getting off the field earlier, more three and outs. And just in general, getting our offense the ball, which is the strength of our team, a lot more frequently. The Brian Flores thing, I cannot overstate how massive the change in the scheme is going to be for this young defense. So do I think they're going to be top 10 on defense? No, I don't. But I do think the offense, which was eighth in points per game last year, could take a step up to like fifth. And I think the defense, which was 30th in points per game, could jump all the way up to something like 15th. And that's a very good football team. Yes, that may be a hot take. You ready? That's my hot take. The Vikings defense is going to be average. <laughs> and if you've been watching the Vikings the last few years, that is a hot take because they have been atrocious. But I really think the schematic changes are going to be life-saving for them. So on defense, that's the reason I think they're going to improve. On offense, I think the key word here that people don't understand and where the national media is wrong is continuity, continuity, continuity. As I mentioned, the Vikings were already eighth per game in points on offense and sixth in yards. But what people don't know is so much of last year was installing a new system. This time last year, 
the entire offense was literally just swimming in terminology. It was completely new words. It's a playbook that is legitimately seven inches thick. I've seen it. I can't overstate how complicated the offense was to try to install last year. And so the fact that they did that in their first season in level one of the offense is mind-blowing. But now for the first time ever in Kirk's career, he has the same play caller two years in a row. Combine that with Kirk is a quarterback that is very much analytical, a computer. He doesn't love playing off script. He wants to prepare so much that he has the answers to every play. And I know that you can't always have that. And that's you know something he can improve on for sure. But for a guy who is basically a computer as a brain, it is so massive that he is finally in the same system with the same play caller. So right now, while they're going through training camp snaps, they're not having to figure out where to line up or what this play is called. They're now on level three or four of the offense. They can look at last year and go, hey, Kevin, remember last year when in Dallas we got blown out and this blitz came from my left side and I didn't see it? Well, now this year, how about we do this check with this hot route, blah, blah, blah. Like That's the level they're on now, whereas last year they were just trying to figure out how to run the play. Can't emphasize it enough. Continuity on offense specifically for Kirk, is going to be a game changer. Jordan Addison seems to be really shining in camp early on. I have no idea if he'll ever turn into the player Adam Thielen was, but do I think there's a chance that he is quicker and better against man coverage and getting open and creating separation now than Adam Thielen was last year? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the subtraction of Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and the addition of Jordan Addison and Alexander Madison is actually going to lead to an overall improvement in the offense. Combine that with the continuity, working through the scheme, allowing Kirk to tweak some of the things now that he now knows that he didn't like from last year, allow the offensive line to grow because of continuity and adding in an explosive run blocking tight end in Josh Oliver. I totally see this offense taking a jump forward. So that's why I think the offense is going to jump. That's why I think the defense is going to jump. And that's where I think the national media has it wrong. Now, just so you don't think I'm crazy and it's going to be all purple-colored glasses, here are a few drawbacks to this season. As I said, I don't think they're going to go 11-0 in one-score games again. I think some of those breaks, like the Buffalo Bills fumbling on their own one, probably won't happen again, for sure. Now, keep in mind, they also didn't get some breaks too. So, you know, some of that will come back to the median for sure. But regression to the mean there means that they'll probably end up losing a few of those games that they had to come back in the fourth quarter last year and win. The Vikings last season were like, it's something like the eighth best team in the first quarter, and then they were pretty bad in the second and third quarters, and then they were the number one scoring offense in the fourth quarter. That probably isn't sustainable. However, because of some of those continuity changes and those scheme changes, I can make an argument that they probably won't be in as many close games this year. So I think some of that levels out. Because they won the NFC North last year, their schedule is harder, at least on paper. It's always hard to project that stuff right now because teams change like crazy. And there will always be teams that surprise you in both directions. One of the teams that was amazing last year, could be the Vikings, will take a huge step back and miss the playoffs. And a couple other teams that were terrible, even in some cases maybe last place in their division, will shock everybody and win the division. That happens every year in the NFL. So on paper, the schedule is harder, but we don't know yet. 
I read somewhere that on paper they have the eighth hardest schedule. And the biggest concern for me is all four teams that were left in the championship games of last year, we play. So we play the Chiefs this year, the Bengals, the Eagles, and the 49ers. That's going to be a tough stretch. 0-4 is possible. 1-3 would be acceptable. 2-2 two two would be fantastic. On the negative side, as I said, I do think sometimes some of those lucky breaks will catch up to you. Maybe some of the fumble luck won't go your way. Maybe the defense doesn't create as many turnovers. The double doink that happened in London, maybe that doinks into the field goal this year for the Saints and not out. So some of that stuff will probably regress to the mean and go the other direction. And lastly, it's too early to tell, but bad draft classes can eventually catch up to you. And so far through a year and a half, last year's draft class was really bad. It's looking like the Minnesota Vikings missed on their first three picks, which you just cannot do. You cannot do. Lewis seen their first round pick was a safety who is now running with the second teamers, maybe even relegated to the practice squad, which is crazy to say. Their second overall pick, Andrew Booth Jr., is also running with the second teamers at cornerback. And their third pick, which they took high in the second round as well, Ed Ingram, a guard, is one of the lowest graded guards in the NFL. Hopefully he improves. He is starting. But that is a huge concern going forward. So eventually, if you miss on so many first and second round picks, those will catch up to you. And I can see that being another reason why the season doesn't go as well as I want. And so much of it is going to come down to how well does our defensive line ultimately perform. Bringing Daniil Hunter back was so massive. Signing Marcus Davenport, I'm really stoked on what that could look like. But can they stop the run and can they pressure the quarterback? And as has been the case during Kirk's entire tenure with the Minnesota Vikings dating all the way back to 2018, will the interior of the offensive line hold up? Every time the Vikings lose a game, and sometimes in spectacular fashion, it's usually because there is so much interior pressure, and I don't care who you are, almost no quarterbacks in the NFL handle interior pressure well. One of the running threads between Brady's dynasty is how good his offensive lines were. Aaron Rodgers has had some of the best offensive lines ever in Green Bay during his entire tenure there. The Vikings still struggle to pass protect and create a push in the run game from the interior of the offensive line. So if the season doesn't go well, it's probably going to be because of that kind of pressure. So the Vikings went 13 and four last year. And even for a team that went 13 and four last year, the over under for the Minnesota Vikings this year is eight and a half wins. I am not going to give you tons of gambling advice and obviously bet responsibly, but I personally have hammered the over of eight and a half. I just don't see them falling all the way from 13 wins to eight wins this season. So I'll give you that some of those breaks, some of those 11 and 0, some of those close score games aren't going to go their way. So if they were 13 and four last year, let's just say they don't get some of those breaks. Some of the interior offensive line pressure hasn't been fixed. So that drops them down to eight wins or so. But then I would argue the upgrade in the defensive scheme. Remember, they were 31st in defense with 13 wins. If that can jump to even 20th, I could argue that Brian Flores alone changing the scheme could get them two more games back. So that would move them from 8 to 10. And then knowing Kirk, knowing the offense, 
I think the continuity with Kevin O'Connell and Kirk and the offensive line and the receivers and Justin Jefferson and all of those people, and just not having to relearn the scheme, that alone, that comfort, I think, could earn them a win or two, which would bring them back to 10 or 11 wins, maybe 12. So I just don't see a world where they're going to win seven games. Obviously, when you do a sports podcast, like this is freezing cold takes fodder, right? Like maybe in a year, we'll look back and be like, wow, this episode that Kyle did was so stupid. They won six games. I just I just don't see it happening. And so I was going through their schedule. Here's their schedule. I'll just do it real quick. I don't like to be schedule guy, as my friend Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football talks about. I hate being schedule guy. But as I was going through it, I think you can break the games into tiers Tiers of games that they should win or probably will win. Games that are toss-ups and games they'll probably lose. I like to start there when I do it. So I think week one against the Bucks is absolutely a win. They're favored by seven points. I would be stunned if with everything I just said, they don't come out and blow out what I think is going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Tampa Bay Bucks. That's a win. Going to Philly on Thursday night. That's going to be almost impossible, a tough game. Even if Philly takes a step back, that's probably a loss. Chargers at home, that's one of those middle-of-the-road toss-up games. I think the Chargers are going to be good. I think the Vikings are going to be good. I'll give them a win at that. At Carolina, I think Carolina is going to be massively improved, but they're still really young, and that's a game I think the Vikings will be favored in. That's a game they probably should win, W. They host the Chiefs at home, most likely a loss. They will not be favored. That's one of those games I'm chalking up as probably a loss. If they can steal it, great, but probably not. At the Chicago Bears, I don't know what to think about the Bears yet. They were really bad last year. There is hope they're headed in the right direction. I still think it's probably a year too early, so I think the Vikings probably beat the Bears both times again this year. Uh, So at Chicago, I'm going to give them a W. Hosting the 49ers at home on Monday night, who knows what the 49ers quarterback situation will be at that point, but their roster is still loaded. Although I think the 49ers window is slowly closing, they're still loaded. That's probably a loss for the Vikings. At Green Bay, don't know what to think about Green Bay either. I just have this feeling that Jordan Love is not special. And I don't say that out of a place of Minnesota Vikings fan hating Green Bay. I really like Matt LaFleur. I think their defense has some really good pieces. I think they have some great young receivers. They're stoked on their two running backs. They drafted a new tight end they're stoked about. All that's great. I just don't know if Jordan Love is going to be anything other than average, which is what my gut tells me he's going to be. I think the Vikings win that game. At Atlanta, I think Atlanta is going to be massively improved. I love Atlanta, except for their quarterback. I like their coach. I like their pieces. I like what they're doing. I like the culture they're building. I do not like their quarterback. I think it's a win for the Vikings. I think the Vikings beat the Saints. I just think they're a better team. That's a win. At Denver on Sunday night, I think Denver is the media darling right now. I think a lot of people are picking Denver to be massively improved over last year, which is totally fair. I think they will also be improved over last year. But maybe my hottest take I've ever given is I just don't know if Russell Wilson processes defenses fast enough to be elite. I know that sounds so crazy. But I think so much of Russ's success in Seattle was an incredible defense. Marshawn Lynch, an incredible run game, Pete Carroll. And then Russ was quick enough that he could break the pocket and make something happen. And man, was he good at that. But as he's gotten a little bit older and lost that step, I just don't think he processes from inside the pocket fast enough. 
I think that the Vikings beat Denver on that Sunday night. And I think Denver will be improved because of Sean Payton. I just don't think it will be as good as people are thinking. Again, obviously these could all be freezing cold takes. I'm trying to make a prediction. I think the Vikings beat the Bears again, like I said, at home on Monday night. I think Vegas is going to be maybe the worst team in the NFL. I am not a believer in Josh McDaniels. I think that's a train wreck waiting to happen. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could get hurt. I think Vegas could be in the running for the first overall pick. I think they're that bad. That's a win for the Vikings. I have the Vikings losing on the road at Cincinnati in December. The Lions is going to be fascinating. I decided I think the Vikings are going to split with the Lions like they did last year. I think the Lions are um, going to be improved. They are favorites to win the division. I think the Vikings beat the Lions at home, and they lose to the Lions in the last week on the road with a Packers win at home sandwiched in between there. So look, going through that, that's 12-5. and I don't know if the Vikings are going to win 12 games. I'll even maybe give you another loss in there. Like maybe the Vikings lose to the Chargers. Obviously, there's a chance that they pull off a win in one of these games that I already gave them a loss as well. But, you know, 12 and 5 feels a little bit rich for my blood. So let's just say they lose to the Chargers or they lose to the Lions. Basically, my process is they were 13 and 4 last year. I think they drop down to eight wins with some of the breaks that they won't get, but then that defensive scheme brings them up to 10 wins, and then I think the continuity brings them up to like 12 wins, but then you look at the schedule, and I'm thinking I probably am overestimating that a little bit, so I think that the Vikings are going to ultimately land on 11-6. and six. I could see 10-7, and seven, but I could also see 12-5, and five. and so I'm going to end at 11-6 and six as what I think is a totally fair projection obviously barring injuries and all that stuff. And that's why I have put a few hundred dollars on the Vikings to win more than eight and a half games. I just don't see them falling all the way to eight wins. I'm super stoked on what this year could be. I think that 11 and six team, I could make an argument that if they go 11 and six or 12 and five, that they'll actually be a significantly better team than the 2022 13 and four Minnesota Vikings. And so I see the Vikings going 11 and six, but actually being a better team than last year and making some noise in the playoffs. We'll see how far they can get in what seems to be an overall weaker NFC. Ooh. Thoughts? Am I too much of a homer? I was right last year. Will I be right this year? I'm excited to keep this conversation going throughout the season. And as I promised earlier, I'm excited to bring on some special guests in upcoming episodes. And so right now, while this episode is available, we have another episode available that has a little bit of a Seattle Seahawks bent. And so be sure to check out that episode right away. Please subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends, let's grow this thing and keep it going. Excited to dive into the 2023 NFL season with all of you guys here on Friends from Football. Thanks. Thanks.